friends and welcome back to the Sycamore Podcast. To the Sycamore Podcast. Welcome back to the Sycamore Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Marcus Saylor, and if you've been a past listener, or even if you're new here, let me know what you think about the new intro, either in the comments section or if you're on Spotify through the poll below. I'm looking forward to sharing this episode with you. We've got a lot to get to this week. First on the docket, we have Dylan Mulvaney, the transgender man who sparked the Bud Light boycott controversy, declaring that he is Christian. We'll hit on Biden's student loan forgiveness plan. There's a crazy new COVID study out, and then there's this new Illinois bill proposal that takes kids from their parents if they do not affirm their gender change. So all that and more is coming up. So let's buckle up and dig in. typically start with the news of the week and then we, and then we move on to theology but this week i want to change things up and start with church news and a little theology first and then we'll move on to the secular news and the big headlines of this week and and we'll we'll dig into that as well but let, let's start off with a little bit of theology for heavy thinkers and and first up we have Dylan Mulvaney declaring via TikTok video, that he is a Christian, and that, and I quote, he states, God and I are dating again. Now, if you don't know Dylan Mulvaney, he was a Broadway actor who blew up on TikTok for doing a series of videos entitled 365 Days of Girlhood, wherein he detailed his journey into transgenderism. And, and currently, since this is just an audio podcast, and since I'm sure some of our audience here is not aware of Dylan Mulvaney, I'll just be as blatant as possible and let you know that Dylan is a man who believes that he is a woman, or at the very least believes that he can transform into a woman. Now, Dylan recently got caught up in some drama when Bud Light partnered with him to produce a special can with his face on it. This prompted all the conservatives to boycott the beer manufacturer, costing them 30% year-on-year in sales, plummeting their stocks, and forcing them to lay off over 400 employees, as well as sell off many of their lower-priority assets. All in all, really one of the most successful conservative boycotts in American history. I mean, too bad it was over something as negligible as beer. However, Dylan still remains an influential person with over 10 million TikTok followers. As an influencer on one of the single largest social media platforms that specifically targets younger viewers, listen to this, and almost 50% of TikTok viewers are under 30 and 25 from the ages of 10 to 19 years old. That is why I believe that this is so important. And now, this is going to be a little bit of a long clip, but listen here to some of what Dylan says on his video that has now racked up more than 900,000 views. Listen, listen to what he says here. I really think that maybe someone like me, people like me, 
Maybe we're like a discrepancy in nature. Let me describe what I mean. Like, have you ever seen a flower before that you're like, holy crap, how can that color exist in nature? Like, how is that natural? Because a lot of people look at someone like me and they say that's very, that's a very unnatural person. And we look at this flower or, or maybe it's, um, maybe it's a mountain that looks like it's carved from like a sculptor from humans. You can't believe that that would just exist in the world or, or a bird that sounds different than it looks like you hear it and then you go oh my god that doesn't that does not match up maybe that's like someone like me maybe what's so crazy though is that usually when we look at those things in nature we're fascinated by them we admire them we want to learn how that's possible but when it comes to human forms that maybe have some discrepancies or a little different we immediately want to turn away from what we don't understand and what we don't know and and I think maybe what if there was a way to find connection through faith and and what if I wasn't here as something evil but what if I was here as something good um and I guess I just get really really sad thinking that I'm not allowed to have a relationship with some higher power or that I am the the villain. Um, I don't want to be Dylan the villain. <laughs> I don't want to. And, and I think, I just hope that any queer or trans person that like wants to have a relationship with something bigger than all of us um, feels like they can. So... The first point that Dylan makes here is about nature, and he is describing something that is naturally occurring and wondrous, like a a beautiful flower or a majestic mountain or an unusual bird, and says that since these things are unique and wondrous, that they can be compared to somebody who is transgender or somebody who, in his words, has discrepancies. So to address this first point, we simply have to understand that as Christians, we believe that everything good and beautiful and true comes from above. You see, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and all that dwells therein and called it good. In James 1, 17, it says, every good gift comes from above. John 17, 17 says, and this is Jesus regarding the word of God. He says, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is the truth. So if something is naturally good, if something is naturally beautiful and true or wondrous or amazing or a sight to behold, it was created and purposed to be so by God. As it says in Romans eleven thirty six, that from him and through him and to him are all things. These things make us stop and wonder, not simply because of what they are, but because we know that they were made that way, that they were uniquely made in such a way as to glorify God by their very essence of being, by their very existence. Romans 1.20 says, The invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power and Godhead. That means God's eternal 
immutable characteristics are clearly seen through the natural created world, which is obvious to anyone who has witnessed the beauty of nature. If you've seen a rainbow, if you've seen a beautiful waterfall, you know that these things declare the glory of God by their very being. And Dylan says that we are fascinated by these things and want to study them and know more about them, which is true. But what he gets completely wrong is why we do this. Humans naturally want to understand more about these things because we naturally yearn to know more about our creator. Science and religion used to be inextricably linked because we used to understand that the observed world was a picture into the creative and beautiful nature of God. But the point which Dylan is missing is that transgenderism is taking something that God has created, and we know that God forms babies in their mother's womb. You can see this in Psalms 139.13 and in Jeremiah 1.5, but it's taking something that God has uniquely created, something beautiful, something distinctly made to worship the Creator, and perverting it into something that is a warped version of what God had originally intended, something that is unnatural. And the funny thing is, Dylan even acknowledges that some people say it's unnatural, and that the immediate reaction to transgenderism is to turn away. And again, this is true. And it's not true because people are bigots. But it's true because people innately know and can clearly observe, as we read above in Romans 1, what is natural, what is true, and what is not. And the natural reaction to find wonder in the beauty of nature and the natural reaction to turn away from a perversion of nature are both understandable when viewed in the lens of God as creator and in the lens of man's pursuit of a greater understanding of the characteristics of God through his creation. In this light, it is natural for man to turn toward the wondrous handiwork of God's creation and away from a distortion of God's creation. You see, we are imago Dei. We are made in the likeness and in the very image of God. This is what gives every life intrinsic value. That is why we see such beauty in every little beautiful life that is born. It's because we know. We know the truth that this life comes from God, is sustained by God, and that we exist for the express purpose of knowing and worshiping and being in communion with our Creator exactly the way He made us, exactly the way He formed us. Next, let's, let's briefly note the second point made by Dylan about transgenderism being good and not evil, and about connecting through faith, and about how he hopes LGBTQ uh, people can connect with a higher power. And first, I would like to say, I hope everyone that is afflicted with this can come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And, and listen to this. If Dylan walked into my church, I would hug his neck. I would let him know that God has a better plan for his life, that there is still balm in Gilead, that Jesus can heal your broken spirit, that Jesus can set you free from iniquity, that you have hope today in Jesus Christ, and that I pray through the power of the Holy Ghost that he draws everyone living this lifestyle unto repentance so that they will have eternal life, so that they can 
have the joy of knowing in their soul that their name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life so that they can have a greater relationship, a restored covenantal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And I believe that this can and does happen all the time. Praise be to the Lord our God. But we also have to realize that while we always want reconciliation with God, that transgenderism is not of God. Transgenderism is not from God. Therefore, for the good of those who are plagued by this ideology, and for the good of our children, we must stand against transgenderism. Now, do I think Dylan is evil? I don't know Dylan personally, but what I do know definitively is that he is purposefully and unabashedly pushing this ideology on an app where 25% of users are under 19 years old. Now, Jesus, not Marcus, Jesus gives a very harsh picture of what would be better for those who offend or lead astray a little one, which shows how, how seriously our Lord and therefore we as his followers should take this. And I believe leading vulnerable children into iniquity is evil. And I believe if Dylan would truly like to connect with God, he should turn away from his iniquitous pursuit of a perverted and deviant lifestyle toward the light that is Jesus Christ, that he should repent and ask Christ to wash him clean in the blood, that he should be baptized and then devote himself daily to the word of God in prayer until he is endued with power from on high. That is what Dylan and anyone who wants to know God, to have a relationship with God and to be saved should do. I'll leave this story with this. I believe that there is salvation through Jesus Christ. For anyone who is dealing with this, anyone who has been afflicted with this, anyone out there who may be even struggling with other sins related to this, to same-sex attraction, to uh, sexual perversion, addiction, there is salvation, there is reconciliation, there is hope in Jesus Christ for you today. So, for notable news this week, there are three stories to get to, and the first up is Biden's announcement that he will cancel more student loans to the tune of $1.2 billion using executive action. Now, this affects approximately 153,000 borrowers and is only eligible for those who are enrolled in the SAVE program rolled out by Biden, the Biden administration the end of last year. According to the Federal Reserve, the total amount in student loans owed currently is $1.7 trillion. I'm, I'm just going to repeat that for emphasis. $1.7 trillion. It's insane. Now, I believe that my take on this situation is going to shock some folks because I hear all day long Republicans up in arms about how can we possibly take money from taxpayers to offset these student loans. And I agree that the money will come from somewhere. But that somewhere won't be the pockets of American citizens. Now, we have known in this country for some time that colleges have preyed upon naive, gullible, dewy-eyed freshmen who are only trying to live the dream society tells them that they have to pursue, otherwise the gateway to a better life will be closed to them. And as much as Republicans now eschew this, the statistics still bear out that college grads make more in their lifetime than non-college grads. Regardless. 
federally-backed college loans allow 18-year-olds to take out as much as a mortgage despite them not even having a fully formed prefrontal cortex. These kids don't even know what they want for breakfast the next day, let alone whether their college degree will provide a return on investment, making it worth the expenditure. What they do know is that their high school counselor and their college admission specialist told them that they should pursue something they're interested in, something they enjoy, and now they're signing papers to take out a $30,000 loan for their first year on campus. Now, since the war in Ukraine has started, we've sent $75 billion in aid to Ukraine. $75 billion. And all that's accomplished is more dead Ukrainians and more dead Russians and politicians with their pockets lined. And, and where did all that money come from? And where was all the outrage from Republicans then? The truth is that we're being scammed. If they want money now, all they have to do is simply just print it. It doesn't come from taxes. I mean, right now, we're currently sitting at $34 trillion in debt nationally. The last time we had a balanced budget was 2001. And even then, our national debt was over $5 trillion. And did you know that the National Institute on Health, or NIH, has a monkey island in South Carolina full of lab monkeys they test on that they pay pharmaceutical companies $33 million to maintain? Don't let them fool you. When they are outraged over spending money here in the United States and then turn around and are giddy about spending money overseas, they are gaslighting you. You see, that is why I'm all for student loan forgiveness. And not just for student loan forgiveness. I'd be for other American spending priorities as well. Because I would much rather our money, or at least the money that they're printing currently, <laughs> that's going to affect our children and grandchildren and on down, and it's going to explode our national debt, probably cause more inflation. Regardless, if that money is going to be spent, and we know it will be spent, I would much rather that money be spent here in the United States for people that are struggling here in the United States. More money for veterans. Let's do it. Help for first-time homeowners, great. Money to pro-life pregnancy centers, fantastic. Could not be happier. But let's not pretend that this is about saving the taxpayers' money. Let's not pretend that this is about adding to the national debt. That flew out the window a long, long time ago. What it is, is they just don't want to help ordinary, average American citizens. And that's where I stand. I'm for U.S. citizens. I'm for people out there in this country that are, that are every day struggling to make it, that are struggling to make ends meet. I would rather that money stay here and help them. That's where I'm at. Speaking of government corruption, there is a new study that was recently published that, wait for it, confirmed everything that we already knew about the COVID vaccine. It states that vaccines from Moderna, Pfizer, and AstraZeneca were linked to heart, brain, and blood disorders. Some of the extraordinary finds in the study include a 6.1-fold increase of myocarditis after the second Moderna shot, a 6.9-fold increase in risk of pericarditis after the third dose of the AstraZeneca shot, 2.5 greater risk of developing Guillain-Barre syndrome in those who took the AstraZeneca shot. And of course, there's more. There were 13 adverse medical conditions that were found in relation to the COVID vaccines. And I'm just curious, 
Do you remember when you couldn't attend a funeral for a relative that passed away? When you couldn't visit a family member in a nursing home? Couldn't attend the birth of your child or in some cases hold your child after giving birth because of COVID? Remember when they locked us out of our homes and shut down churches and destroyed small businesses? And then they left the big box stores open like Walmart so they could make a ton of money? And when the police were arresting people for being at the beach, and then they forced everyone to wear a mask on their faces, even little children at schools were forced to cover up despite studies showing that it was a significant detriment to learning. And then they just shut down schools entirely for no reason, leaving poor kids to fall behind and with food insecurity. And, 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 and do you remember when the governors of Michigan and New York, Whitmer and Cuomo, purposefully put sick people in the nursing home with the most vulnerable populations so that many died unnecessarily? And then they told you you were just going to get fired if you didn't take the vaccine so a ton of people took the vaccine so they could just continue working and, and providing for their families and now are facing all these health risks because of it? I'm just curious. Do you remember that? Anyways, so glad that's over, right? Certainly would never happen again. Not now that we know gain-of-function research is being conducted and the potential for a more deadly pathogen is greatly increased and that this could have been a test run for something more sinister and there are elites who believe that this world is overpopulated. Glad that's over. Just saying. Righto. <laughs> anyway, now that I've got you feeling real comfortable about the government, Let's chat about this new Illinois bill that's being proposed that would update the state's definition of child abuse to include parents who deny gender-affirming services to their child. The bill would also allow the child to consent to their own gender-affirming services. The Illinois representative that wrote the bill stated that trans kids go through irreversible damage from natural puberty, which, suffice to say, is ironic. What this bill says is that if you, as a parent, say no, I don't want my kid to take puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, or to have transgender surgeries, even have an abortion. It empowers the Illinois Department of Children and Family Services to step in and, if they deem it necessary, remove children from their biological parents based on the new definition of an abused child. Consequently, and unsurprisingly, this bill would also shield doctors from liability if they prescribe such treatments to minors who do not have parental consent. Listen to this. According to the bill, a healthcare professional rendering abortion services and gender affirming services shall not incur civil or criminal liability for failure to obtain valid consent or professional discipline for failure to obtain valid consent. If the healthcare professional relied in good faith on representations made by the minor, meaning they only need to make a reasonable effort to ensure the minor in question has an understanding of the risks, and then they're exempted from any liability, civilly or criminally, doesn't matter, they're exempt. Now, obviously, they know that this will come back to bite them, but when it does, there will be no recourse for the children who have been maliciously harmed by these doctors. It's, it's really sick and disgusting. Aside from just having their children taken by the state, parents could find themselves even in more trouble. Illinois law already classifies child abuse, depending upon the nature and severity of the abuse, and we know 
how the criminal justice system already treats conservatives as a criminal offense ranging from misdemeanor uh, that carries a maximum sentence of one year in prison and a $2,500 fine to a felony that can carry up to $25,000 in fines in 15 years behind bars. And I recently listened to a podcast, and the host stated that conservatives will eventually take over the country because the liberals aren't having children, or, God forbid, they're doing the worst thing imaginable and uh, aborting their children. But this idea is patently false because when it comes down to it, in the end, they will just take your children. That's right. Parents who say no to this gender confusion, no to pumping kids full of cross-sex hormones, if you disagree with this ideology, then you'll be labeled an abuser and your children will be taken from you. Now, I know this sounds crazy, but believe it or not, it's already happened. In Montana, Child and Family Services, they took custody of a 14-year-old girl from parents Krista and Todd Kolstad this month. The teenager is reportedly a female and recently began to express suicidal thoughts, so the parents took the child to be treated at a hospital. And while there, doctors began using the child's preferred name and pronouns, which did not correspond to the child's biological sex. The parents reportedly opposed and noted that allowing their child to undergo any form of gender transition, socially or medically, was a violation of their values and their morals and their religious beliefs. Then, without the parents' consent, the doctors reportedly later moved the 14-year-old to a specialized residential treatment facility in Wyoming without the parents' consent. After a month, the 14-year-old was returned to Montana and placed in a group home. And after four months, Krista and Todd were then notified that custody was being granted to child services. Listen to what the mom says. We were told that letting the child transition and live as a boy was in her therapeutic best interest. And because we weren't willing to follow that recommendation, the court gave CFS, Child Services, custody of the child for six months. The judge said to us, you need to expect reunification with your family may not be what you are expecting. That's what the judge said. And, and what's even more mind-blowing is what the Republican governor said. Listen to this. Montana Republican governor Greg Gianfort told the National Desk, Monday, state officials acted within their legal limitations by removing a child from parents who objected to their transitioning gender identity. You heard that right. He agreed with them. That's why I believe the Dylan Mulvaney story is so important. That's why I believe stories like this, stories like this bill in Illinois, are so important because we have to shield our children from this ideology. Or we could lose them to a state government ready to seize them and mutilate them. The liberals simply will not fade away into the abyss, as the commentator I mentioned earlier thinks. What they will do is they will steal your children and turn them against you by brainwashing them into this nonsense. And then there will be no recourse. There will be no recourse because you will be fighting the entire power of the government. And I'm sorry, but no single person can fight the government. And there will be nothing we can do because it will be too late. But there's hope. How is there hope? 
because that time is not yet. That time is not now. We can still fight. We can still defeat this ideology. We can still save our children and we can still save our future by the power of Jesus Christ, through the gospel of Jesus Christ, and by standing up and saying enough is enough. We don't want this for our children and we don't want this for our children's children. This comes about because previous generations did not stand up when the devil got his foot in the door. There's an old saying that says, if you give the devil an inch, he'll take a mile. And that's true. If you let the devil in on the small things, eventually those small things will become big things. And those big things can overwhelm. But I believe, as the Bible says, that we are the church of Jesus Christ and the gates of hell will not prevail against us. No long final thoughts for this week. Uh, it's it's really been a busy week here, and I'm sure it's been a busy week at your house as well. One thing I, I noticed that is that in the midst of busyness, we can often forget to spend time with God and also to just slow down and take in the moments, those little moments that make life worth living, really. As I was putting down my baby girl to sleep last night, we have this bedtime routine where we just we read a couple of books and we say our prayers and then we put her to bed. Well, last night after prayers, I just wasn't ready to say goodnight yet. So we sat in the rocking chair a little bit longer and I just started singing Jesus Loves Me. And I watched as my little baby girl mouthed the words right along with me. And it was a precious moment. And if I had been in a rush, if I had been worried about what I was going to do after I put her to bed, because we know as parents that when you put your kids to bed, that's, that's when you get everything else done that you've been putting off for the whole day. The laundry, getting things around for the next day, cleaning up, that's your busy time, really. But if I would have been worried about all that, I would have missed that moment. So this week, let's just slow down a little bit. This is your reminder to take in the moments that will mean the most, that are going to mean the most 10 years from now, 20 years from now, with family and with friends, and just enjoy the blessings that God has placed into your life and be thankful. So with that said, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. Thank you for being there for us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for caring for us so well. Thank you for your patience with us. And God, we pray that as we go throughout this week and as we go throughout our time, that we do take time to slow down, that we do take time to take in the blessings that you have poured into our lives because we know those blessings come from you. And God, we pray that if anybody's out there dealing with any sort of problems, any sort of doubts, any sort of sin or addiction, Lord, that you would come into their life. Let them know that you love them and, Lord, that you have a plan for their life and that through your grace and mercy that they can be redeemed, that salvation is still for them, that it's not too late and that they can turn into your loving arms. We love you, Jesus, and we praise you. 
In your precious and holy name, Lord. Amen. Hey friends, that's our episode for today. Thank you so much for joining us here at the Sycamore Podcast. We are so grateful that you decided to take the time to listen and be encouraged in the Lord with us. If you would like to support or sponsor this podcast, please visit the links below. And as always, may God bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you. In the name of Jesus, we'll see you next week. I call on your name to set me free When all is darkness and I cannot see I call on your name to rescue me